<laughs> Guys, I can't fucking wait to see that movie. I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Edison. And this week, we are bringing you a very special feature. Oh, yes. yes. We're going to play a fun little game of Mary Fuck Kill. I cannot wait to watch this movie again. Because it's just so fucking weird. We're about to hit the dance floor at Jackrabbit Slims because we've got that Saturday night fever, baby. I loved this movie, too. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. I just pray that Green Book doesn't win Best Picture. Oh, Pick God, Pick. I know. That... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Talk Movie to Me, a weekly podcast where we either feature a new release and delve into our weekend entertainment, focus in on a performer's career, or buy an extra large popcorn and do a double feature. I'm Helen. I'm Edison. And I'm Miss Sinclair. And this week, it's about that time to bring forth the filmography of a man so funky, so <laughs> scrappy, so magnetic that when he burst onto the Hollywood scene, he made all the other guys' Hollywood careers take a big hit. With one of the most famous underwear ads, he made all the money in the world off his lovely bone. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so fathers, hide your daughters because this 90s bad boy can corrupt her faster than you can yell out daddy's home. But this actor isn't just a fighter. Well, he's also a gambler and a shooter. And has an entourage packing two guns and other contraband. Mm. But have no fear. This A-lister has departed from his questionable ways and became an instant family man. Now he'd rather get cozy, watch a TED Talk, and have a good old-fashioned date night. But we will never forget him for all those good vibrations and prosthetic penis shots. It's time to put the funky career of Mark Wahlberg in focus. Yes. I've missed your in focus intros. They're so good. So Thank good. You. Thank you. <laughs> so we've broken down Mark Wahlberg's career and his most defining moments in movies. First off, why don't we explore Mark's home sweet home? Helen, where does Mark Wahlberg call home? Yes. So Marky Mark uh, was born in Boston, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Boston. Um, he was the <laughs> uh, youngest of nine, which yeah. I. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, Irish, Irish Catholic family. His parents <laughs> divorced. What? Yeah. His parents divorced when he was 11. Um, and his mother has admitted that her emotional neglect, she thinks, probably has something to do with uh, the criminal path that he went down as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and yeah, he dropped out of school at 14. And he actually didn't get his high school diploma until he was 42. Yeah. Seems a bit unnecessary at that point when you're worth about 250 million dollars but right? you know you do yeah. you marky mark i ain't mad at you honey upgrade your education yeah he walked the stage at 42 with all that money in his bank account that's yeah. actually awesome i love yeah. that that is yeah. awesome it's been a Wahlberg week guys it's yeah really been a Wahlberg week it really has. so much mark Wahlberg this week it was really crazy to look back on his career because i had forgotten about his troubled past and when you look at his troubled past and you compare it to who he is now Mm -hmm. it's like it just it's two different people totally night and day yeah it's really a remarkable career if you think about it like he had remarkable uh, (laughs) okay (laughs) good okay Yeah, but he had a cocaine problem at 13 Mm -hmm. and a lot of drug problems growing up. A criminal record that included a lot of racially motivated crimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had no idea about any of this, by the way. Yeah. I I learned about this today and I was like, excuse me, what? It's something that has periodically come up over the years, gets brushed under the rug, comes up again years later. You know, he had multiple charges He was charged with a civil rights injunction. He was charged with attempted murder, but he ended up pleading guilty to a felony assault. He was sentenced to two years in prison, but he ended up only serving 45 days. He has had a huge turnaround. This is really (laughs) a dark way to start this in focus, but at the same time, this was part of his life. And he has spent decades rectifying this Mm -hmm. and trying to be a better person and giving back to the community and wanting to make more of himself and he definitely has done that yeah you know I think that this background is really interesting because it has formed this Mark Wahlberg archetype of this hardened guy 
that is really trying to make something of themselves. And that has really shined through as being very authentic in his career. Mm-hmm. So, you know, moving forward from this life of crime, he went into music and modeling. Yes. So y'all may or may not know this, but Mark Wahlberg was actually an original member of New Kids on the Block. Yes. Yes. Did you I know actually, that? I actually did know that before. I thought he was a bigger member of it, but... No, not at all. Yeah. So along with his older brother, Donnie right. Wahlberg, obviously. Mm-hmm. At that time, they were called Nyak. <laughs> like, apparently after Nyak Nyak. That was what the group was called. N-Y-N-U-K. And he was only 13, and he just stuck it out for a couple of months uh, before he quit, and then was replaced by Joey McIntyre. Mm. And that's when the name changed to New Kids on the Block. Hmm. <laughs> But he didn't give up on having a music career, even though Nyak went so poorly. I had to match <laughs> right. why. Yeah. Um, and actually, his brother Donnie helped him out by producing Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch's first album, mm. 1991's Music for the People. Which I <laughs> listened to the entirety of today. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Look I at you doing your research. <laughs> I went down, well, research and just for fun yeah. as well. I, I went down a Marky Mark rabbit hole. I watched a lot of his music videos. I also listened to Music for the People. Yes. And I have to say that Good Vibrations is the best song. Mm. That's However, no, no shock. Yeah. I also did enjoy the song I Need Money. There is one song that I laughed at called About Time I Funk You. Oh, wow. (laughs) And this is a little excerpt. (laughs) About Time I Funk You, baby. Well, it's about that time that we start this thing. You want funk? What the hell do you think I'd bring? Something crusty, something rusty or junky? Come on, I make it funky. So funky that the girls start shaking their butts. So nasty that it's driving me nuts. Come on, baby. You know what to do because Marky Mark is going to funk you. Wow. <laughs> Sinclair, your flow is just so yeah. on point. Did you miss your calling? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I spent a lot of time listening to this. So, yeah. I mean, critically, this album was not a huge success, obviously. But it was a very big success commercially. And largely, mm-hmm. of course, due to... Good Vibration, mm. which was a really, really huge song. It was, yeah. went to number one on the Billboard Hot mm-hmm. 100. You know, feel it, feel it. We all know that song. Yeah. I remember being a little kid. Like, this came out in ni- 1991. I would have been, like, eight and nine and going to, like, young dances. You right. know what I mean? Like, the, you know, kids' dances. And yeah. they always played this. And it was so fun. Yeah. Here's a little fun fact, Helen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, in the music video, right? Marky Mark's 20 years old. And he's like, you know, shirtless. He's got his ball cap on backwards, kind of sideways. And he's boxing. And Hmm. Mickey Ward was the one who trained them how to box on set. Yeah. No way. Yes. Mm. That is a fun fact. It is. (laughs) So Marky Mark first met him when he was 18 years old and then later played him in The Fighter. That is very cool. Very full circle. Yeah. 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 It's, It's actually really crazy. Huh. His modeling career and his music career ended up getting him a small part in the film Renaissance Man in 1994. This is directed by Penny Marshall. Hmm. It stars Danny DeVito. I watched this <laughs> and this movie is really ridiculous in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, but it does have a lot of charming moments. Basically, Danny DeVito plays this failed businessman who is out of a job and he has to take a job as a teacher at a military camp. Mm. I guess that they were very low on teachers. I don't even low? think... Low? <laughs> no, like to the ground? No, there's so many... <laughs> there's already so many unintentional puns yeah. happening in oh. this episode. Okay, yeah, so they were low on teachers, so they got Danny DeVito. Huh? The I don't think is... In this film, his character is even qualified to get a teaching job, but uh, somehow he gets to teach this class of underachievers at this military camp who need this uh, level of education for part of their training. Hmm. So it is this classic story of this reluctant teacher trying to inspire these troubled Mm -hmm. youth. It feels very Dangerous Minds mixed with Dead Poet Society, but it's nowhere near as good as those films. Yeah. At one point, he's actually trying to teach them uh, Hamlet. Okay. And is this like a serious movie or is it... that? See, that's the thing. Is okay. like I don't. Not really. Know. It's Penny Marshall. It's hard. It's to... Penny Marshall, and but Danny it's all, it's not. It's 
not really funny and it's not really serious. So the tone is very off. Mm -hmm. So you don't quite know how to take it. It's kind of all over the place. Yeah. But there is one moment in the film where Danny DeVito is trying to teach these recruits who, uh, by the way, Mark Wahlberg plays one of the recruits. Yes, obviously. Oh, well, nobody has to do in Shakespeare more than Mark Wahlberg. Right. They also do a Shakespeare (laughs) rap that he wrote. Oh, wow. In the the film. But they actually go on a field trip to Stratford, Ontario. Oh. So shout out to Stratford. Yeah. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah. Watching this film, you do realize that this really is a milestone for Mark Wahlberg because at this time he officially dropped Marky Mark and he became Mark Wahlberg. And... It's about a group of undereducated recruits who are struggling to, you know, achieve this basic level of education. And Mark Wahlberg didn't have a high school diploma Mm -hmm. at this point and didn't end up getting it till later on in life. So it really was a good role for him to go into because once again authenticity Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Penny Marshall talks about how she wanted him for this movie because of his natural talent. She just thought he would be a great actor. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, act in this movie and he was like I'm not an actor and she's like yes you are you're an hmm. actor hmm. and he really credits her for pushing him in pushing this direction, him in this direction. Wow. Wow, yeah and helping launch yeah. his career so what I love about this being his first movie and this being called Renaissance Man and they do touch on the, the theme of Renaissance Man in this film that ends up sounding a bit cheesy the way it's done in the movie but in terms of Mark Wahlberg's career it's really fitting because Renaissance Man, that originated in Renaissance Italy. And it's this philosophical concept that comes from a man named Leon Battista Alberti. And he said that a man can do all things if he will. Hmm. This philosophy considers man to be limitless in his capacities for development and that men should try and embrace all knowledge and develop their own capacities as fully as possible, which is exactly what Mark Wahlberg started to do. Yes, so... Renaissance Man thus begins our journey now into the filmography of Mark Wahlberg. After this, you know, bit part, we can now move on to his on the map film, which is Fear from 1996, directed by James Foley, starring Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Yes. This is a film. This is a film. Like he had done (laughs) Basketball Diaries. Yeah. But that was more of Leonardo DiCaprio's movie. Leonardo DiCaprio recommended Mark Wahlberg to James Foley, Mm -hmm. the director. And James Foley was like, oh, I haven't, I don't, haven't seen him in anything. I only know of him as Marky Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he really did need to overcome yeah. being Marky Mark at this point. And directors had to take a big chance on him. Yeah. Apparently, though, after James Foley saw his audition, he said, I won't do this movie unless he's David. Well, I think that he was perfect. Yes. As David. I, I do, too. I actually also think that this character is actually really well written and fully formed i actually believe that their behavior is would match what this character was like i mean i do up until like 75 percent of the way through the ending where it just oh it's just it goes totally bonkers yeah but sure but i also don't necessarily not believe that but yeah it does kind of take a crazy turn but like right psychopath right from the very 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 beginning Mm -hmm. their very first interaction he's in complete control Right. He's and he knows that he is, mm-hmm. and it's manipulative, mm-hmm. right? Oh, that conversation. You're not dancing. Silent. Right. Holding that eye contact, making her have to squirm. Yeah. Because he understands his power and his yeah. position in that moment. I thought that he was perfectly cast and really believable as this character. Mm-hmm. Actually. Yeah. He is good in it, and I, you know, I had seen this before. Watched it again for this episode. This movie's ridiculous. <laughs> he came on screen, and I was like, okay, he's hot. He's mm-hmm. hot in this movie. <laughs> and like, I've never really thought that about him ever. And then this one, I was like, okay, I can see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the club scene that you mm. were mentioning there. It's one of my favorite scenes in, in the film. It's, it's so intense in there. Yeah. And it's a very rebellious setting yeah. as well. And poor little naive Reese Witherspoon is like this little fawn lost in the forest. And then I, I look at that scene and it's like, he comes around the corner and it, it feels like the wolf meeting Little Red Riding Hood. 100%. Every mm-hmm. time I see it, that is it. It is like the wolf coming around like, yeah. hey, you know, what path are you on? Yeah. Do you want to so come he this spotted, way? He spotted like, her instantly. Yeah. And he just grins and 
she looks at him and she's just a goner. Yeah. What I really appreciate about this movie, even though it is very 90s. And so it's, 90s. And, mm-hmm. you know, ridiculous in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. is I love the fact that it focuses on a male character being obsessive mm-hmm. and yeah. psychotic because... At this time, there was a lot of movies where it was a female character. Of course. You know, you had the crush, fatal attraction. Yeah. And hand that rocks a cradle. Like they're, and then it just goes into more eventually swim fan and obsession. And there's just so many where it's the female that's, their psychosis is the focus. Yeah. Yeah. So I liked that this was about a boyfriend becoming controlling Mm. and manipulative because girls experience that, especially at a young Mm -hmm. age. It's it's something that we experience. So it's nice to finally see um, a male character. Well, and to that point too, about sort of subverting the gender roles in a sense, something I did like about this movie is that Reese owns her sexuality. Mm -hmm. And her sex drive, like it's, she wants him, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's, yes, he comes on to her and he is manipulative, but like she directs him to do things to her. It's not as if, it it never feels as though he's taking advantage of her. Mm -hmm. I I didn't feel that Mm -hmm. way. Oh, like that roller coaster scene? Yeah. That's actually really hot. Oh, it's it's an epic scene. scene. It's a really great scene. I want to have an orgasm on a roller coaster. (laughs) Yeah. It was really hot. I was like, this is really so good. And the music. Yeah. The the soundtrack is amazing. That wild horse is like, No, but every time I hear wild horses, I can't not think of the roller coaster scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Um, One thing that I will say to wrap up Fear is Marky Mark has never done this character since... Or, or anything even close to this character since. Yeah. And I that has to be intentional. And I wonder why. He has never given us that side. That moment when he's like banging on the door yeah. to get in. And he suddenly snaps and is like, yeah. come in the fucking house. Yeah. I never see that energy right. from him in anything right. I've seen since. Because I think what happens is he ends up having this persona that ends up just like working in a film and continuing to work and becoming a big actor based on what works yeah where with fear it was a great on the map film because Mm. it showed the duality in him david's a character of duality you have this charming side this sweet talking side and then you have this completely obsessive volatile side that Mark Wahlberg was able to showcase basically to the world yeah I think you're right I think it's it's two things it's it's one exactly that where he's not he's not burdened by this desire to be a deep explorative actor Mm -hmm. right he's just like happy to be in his archetype and make that bank but I think also maybe he was like actively avoiding trying to create a distance between himself and the bad boy persona right you should have allowed nature to take its course. In the end, it will anyway. So let me the fucking house! So we had to narrow down Mark Wahlberg's big three movies. These are the big three movies of his career, and he has a very vast filmography. So it took us a while, actually, to figure out which ones we wanted to talk about. Yeah, and I think part of what made it so challenging is that a lot of his biggest films, he's not the lead in, right? Right. And Um, so a lot of his, like, great films or films that, you know, a lot of people will have seen, he's a supporting character. So we tried to really focus on the ones where he's a lead. Right. So undeniably, one of his big three is Boogie Nights from 1997, Mm -hmm. directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. This is by far one of the most important movies of his career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This movie, the most, I would the say. The most, yeah. yeah. The, this movie not only gave him a certain level of critical clout in the film world, but it was also the film that really launched Paul Thomas Anderson, mm. who has become one of the most important and influential film directors. For anyone who doesn't know Boogie Nights, this mm-hmm. is a story about the porn industry in the 70s and the rise of a porn star, Dirk Diggler, who was Which is just, a great porn name. Such a good name. Such a good porn name. Who He was just a busboy named Eddie Adams, and he was discovered by adult film director Jack Horner, played by Burt Reynolds. I have always thought that Mark Wahlberg is perfection in this movie. <laughs> he basically became this in-demand actor because of this natural star quality in mm. him, and that's exactly what happens to the character in this film. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just a busboy, and... There is a shot at the opening of this movie where Jack just looks around the club and he sees Eddie and we as audiences see Eddie and 
Jack gets it and we get it mm. as mm-hmm. audience members. And it's a really great moment because you actually see what the character of Jack is seeing mm-hmm. in him when you see Eddie and when you see Mark Wahlberg. I also feel like he was known for being a sex symbol too. Like, you right. know, he's known for being in his underwear. And <laughs> it was just perfect for, for him at this time in his career. Mm. One of those roles of like all the stars aligning, like this is the perfect part for you. Yeah, it's kind of the first bit where he starts to really play with that sort of unassuming innocent quality too. Right, that yeah. we'll see as being yes. a major part of his movie star archetype. Since mm-hmm. yeah. where that wasn't present in his earlier films in the same way, but here it's it's there. Yeah, right front and center, and that and it's adds the duality to his quality again. Exactly, right, right. Yeah. and that's a duality that he'll continue to play with. But mm-hmm. this is where his star is formed for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also a really amazing film. It legitimized him as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. And he originally, he did not want to do this movie. Oh, yeah. He thought that it was going to be like Showgirls. So, well, I mean, um, a lot of people when this, when this script was circulating, a lot of people were turning down this script because it was about porn stars. Right. Right. It was supposed to be Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. And Mm. that just would not have been the same. No. At all. No. One thing I noticed when watching this again and where Mark Wahlberg is now, he's de- he's become quite the family man now. And watching all of his other movies early too now, he has like a weird sense of family in his films hmm. where he tends to gravitate towards movies about the idea of family. Mm-hmm. And he comes from a family of nine kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Also kind of a dysfunctional family as well. And that's essentially what Boogie Nights is yeah. to Eddie. The, that adult mm. film industry. It's like a weird dysfunctional family that embrace him. I mean, we're going to talk about other movies as well. But there's like a quality about the films he, he does yeah. that focus in on, on family. Hmm. Well, yeah. that definitely plays into my film for the big three. Uh, the second film is The Fighter. From 2010, directed by David O. Russell, starring Christian Bale, Mark Wahlberg, Amy Adams, and Melissa Leo. Fighter tells the true story of brothers Dickie Eklund and Mickey Ward in Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, Dickie, played brilliantly by Christian Bale, is the former pride of Lowell, a talented boxer who once beat Sugar Ray Leonard and has a pretty serious crack addiction. Uh, Mickey, played by Mark Wahlberg, is Dickie's younger half-brother who still has a shot at being a successful boxer and wrestles with leaving his family behind uh, to take his career seriously. And again, in this film, what you were just talking about, Sinclair, um, Mickey Ward comes from a large family and his what his downfall, but also his the thing he can't live without is his family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he he wants Dickie to train him, even though Dickie's completely unreliable. And his mother, Melissa Leo, is, you know, does want the best for him, but it, she's problematic. Oh, she was so good in this. She's so good. Yeah, I mean, this movie is really great. I've seen it quite a few times. And it's definitely one of my favorite Mark Wahlberg performances. He's he's wonderful in this movie, and he really is the heart of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say the standout performance is Christian Bale. That Dickie Eklund performance would go down in history, I, I would say, as one of the greatest performances. It's incredible. And yeah, it's very interesting to hear that that fact that Mickey Ward taught him how to box in that music video. I know, it's actually wild. Yeah, that's 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 crazy. It's I, I think it's a really great depiction of who they are. Mm-hmm. And and Mark Wahlberg does a, a wonderful job. It's a it's a really great role for him. Yeah. But yet all of the other actors got Oscar nominations Except and for, he yeah. did it. I know. But <laughs> yeah. you know, I feel it's like it's a less showy role. Yeah, yeah, it's less showy. It's it's harder to be the the anchor of the yeah, film totally. a lot of the time. That's balancing things and holding things together and grounding the film in a lot of ways. I think it's definitely a very underappreciated performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting for him to be playing that like very balanced, more balanced character mm-hmm. and subdued and like you know of the two brothers, he's definitely the quieter one, mm-hmm. um, and you know more focused and determined. Whereas he does sort of he can play a little bit showier of roles yeah. in other other projects. All right, Edison, what's number three? All right, so number three on the big three is the 2012 film. Ted, 
<laughs> Written and directed by Seth MacFarlane and starring Mark Wahlberg alongside Mila Kunis and Ted the Bear. Um, voiced <laughs> Seth MacFarlane. By, voiced by yeah. Seth MacFarlane. This film was a colossal and unexpected success. Yeah. Well, we were surprised when we were looking at Mark Wahlberg's film and we were trying to figure out the big three. <laughs> we were like, wait, is it? Ted? Yeah. Yeah, cuz I had Ted never I had never seen this film. Yeah. It's not really my like style of uh-huh. movie, right? But like anyway, I was excited to watch it. So Ted for any who are listening and didn't see, which is probably very few of you to be right. honest. Um it tells the story of John Bennett, that's Mark Wahlberg, but when he was a little kid living in Boston, he didn't really have any friends. Nobody included him in anything. Even the other boys excluded him when they were beating up the Jewish kid on Christmas. So <laughs> When he opens his presents Christmas morning and sees this big cuddly teddy bear, he makes a wish that the bear was real so that they could be best friends forever. Well, as they say in the film, nothing is more powerful than a little boy's wish, except an Apache helicopter. An Apache helicopter has machine guns and missiles. It's an unbelievable complement of weaponry, an absolute death machine. That's what they say in the film. (laughs) Anyway, little John Bennett's wish came true. So Ted miraculously comes to life on that day, then becomes an international celebrity. The entire world is fascinated with the bear who lived. But much like Marky Mark's rap career, the world stopped caring. (laughs) And then the film, most of the film takes place in the present day. When John is 35, he and Ted are both schlumpy underachievers (laughs) who spend their time smoking pot, getting trashed, watching baseball, and just generally being like, crude bros yeah they've enabled each other's juvenile behavior and it's now creating conflict with john's girlfriend Lori, played by mila kunis Mm -hmm. she loves john but she needs him to grow up if the relationship stands a chance so what did y'all think of this movie oh man it's been a while since i've seen it but i do remember it being entertaining yeah i think it's it's interesting like it's this very particular type of kind of crude, rude, offensive humor mm-hmm. that kind of walks a line. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's somehow, because it's just so broadly swinging at everything, like this film is right. obsessed with gayness. Okay. There's so much gay joke. It is homophobic, but it's not in a way that I'm bothered or offended okay. by. It's, interesting. It's just like, because it's also, you know anti-semitic and it's also anti-mexican i I feel like there is this obsession with people wanting to see things like bears or muppets Mm. be really crude yes and it's almost like you can get away with a certain style of comedy because it's coming from a bear or a muppet (laughs) or a cartoon or an animated animated character of some Mm. sort there's a there's something about that that lets guys primarily just kind of let go yeah and just like happily regressed to their idiot youth when like (laughs) there were no expectations of them on any type of appropriate behavior right it's like vicarious idiocy and i kind of get it i also laugh throughout this movie like vicarious idiocy i kind of get it (laughs) i did um like i laughed throughout it yeah Yeah. it was a bit dumb i'll probably never watch it again yeah like Like, i don't need to watch it no but yeah, it was kind of, you know, it was enjoyable. And Marky Mark is, he's what he is in this. He's compelling. He's mm-hmm. the one who's holding the film. He's perfect for this character. He's playing a giant man boy. like and <laughs> From Boston. From Boston. Very <laughs> thickly laid on. Yeah. Um, but this is absolutely, I would say this is Mark Wahlberg's biggest film. Like, other than Transformers movies, this is his highest grossing movie by, like, a huge margin, though. Like, by, like, $200 million, more than anything else on his filmography. Hmm. It made over half a billion dollars. And it was rated R. Wow, yeah. Yeah. People love that. They love crude teddy bears. Don't fuck with me on this. I know this shit. Do you see me fucking with you? I'm not, All right, I'm speed round. I'm going to rattle off some names when I hit you it, fucking it. buzz it, okay? I will tell you. You got me? Yeah. All right, Brandy, Heather, Channing, Brianna, Amber, Sabrina, Melody, Dakota, Sierra, Bambi, Crystal, Samantha, Autumn, Ruby, Taylor, Tara, Tammy, Lauren, Charlene, Chantel, Courtney, Misty, Jenny, Krista, Mindy, Noel, Shelby, Trina, Reba, Cassandra, Nikki, Kelsey, Shauna, Jolene, Erling, Claudine, Savannah, Casey, Dolly, Kendra, Kali, Chloe, Devin, Emily, fucking Becky. No. Okay, so with epic success, also at times comes epic failure. So we did need to focus on Mark Wahlberg's biggest flop. Mm-hmm. Well, and, one of us did. <laughs> well, I mean, well, one of us had to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> there are some stinkers mm. on there, for oh, sure. Yeah. There's some real stinkers on there. And I think one of the most obvious ones is The Happening. But I feel oh, like... but like it's also good. But yeah, so... And I feel like... <laughs> 
there's some fun things about totally. it being bad yeah, and like yeah. everybody totally. kind of knows. Yeah. So, but also it made almost two hundred million dollars. Yeah. So it's not a flop. Right. So like, why reiterate that mm-hmm. when we could talk about some other stinkers? <laughs> All stinkers deserve their chance to shine, you know? <laughs> and now it's it's the truth about Charlie that is going to be shining on our podcast. Yeah, I can't okay. wait to hear this. Yes. So Mark Wahlberg actually considers the truth about Charlie to be his worst film. Okay. So well, that really sparked my interest because mm. it's directed by Jonathan Demi, the late and great Jonathan Demi. For him to consider it his worst movie, I was like, what happened here? Like, yeah. What happened here? And also not a lot of people even talk about it being that bad. Nobody okay. says, remember how shitty that movie no was. No one even heard of it, Sinclair. The movie yeah. grossed $6 million <laughs> worldwide. Yeah. Yes. So The Truth About Charlie is from 2002. It's directed by Jonathan Demi, starring Mark Wahlberg and Tandy Way Newton. This movie is a remake of Charade from 1963, starring Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn. Oh. Thus lies a lot of the problem. Okay. Charade is a French New Wave-inspired Hitchcockian style of movie directed by Stanley Donan, who directed Funny Face, which we have featured on the podcast before. So you can get the idea of the aesthetic that this film was and the style of this film. Yes, Audrey Hepburn was dressed in Givenchy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But these romantic capers were really popular. Mm -hmm. Um, We also talked about To Catch a Thief. You you get it. You get the the style of this film. So is this film trying to emulate that style? So thus lies a lot of the problem. Basically, Mm. with those types of movies, there's an element of darkness that is balanced by a lot of whimsiness. Mm. Mm. It is a very distinct style that's hard to replicate when you have the wrong people involved. Right. Right. So Charade and also The Truth About Charlie, in case anybody hasn't seen either of them, is about a woman who is planning on divorcing her rich husband and she meets this charming stranger on a holiday. Then she goes home and she finds out that her husband is dead. He's been murdered. And there are people after this missing money. Okay, so you have Mark Wahlberg and Tandy Way Newton in the Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn roles. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are really like those two mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg, not a Cary Grant type. <laughs> not uh, remotely. No, at all. That role goes to a George Clooney. It goes to a Pierce yeah. Brosnan. Maybe even a Tom Hardy could pull or, it off. Or maybe a Jake Gyllenhaal could. Yes. So, yeah, he isn't the ele- elegant, classy spy type, three- thief type. He is uncomfortable in mm. this role, and you can tell. And I mean, that photo of him in the beret. <laughs> yes. So, here's the thing. Turtlenecks. One big issue that they did here was they thought that they could maybe cheat or distract us or convince us that he is meant to be in this type of role by putting right. a beret on him right. no. for the yeah. majority Mark of, the, of this Mark Wahlberg is film. Boston and yes. sometimes Texas, but he's definitely not France. <laughs> no. So <laughs> they've put a beret on him uh-huh. for the majority of this film, and I just couldn't take it seriously. And no. then at one point, they also try to put a fedora on him, oh. which also was no. not fooling no. anybody at all. <laughs> Did he have a French accent? No, but okay, he good. does have to speak in French okay. for some of the film. And it's just not a, it's not a natural thing. And yeah. what happens, I feel like with Mark Wahlberg, when he's in a role he's not comfortable with, yeah. you see this in the happening a little bit, yeah. is he has this earnest quality to his voice that seems not sincere. Mm. It's like a default voice, I find, mm. that he does. The so actor voice. It's, it's like, the actor voice. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it does default to that. And also him and uh, Tanny Wayne Newton have no chemistry at, mm. at all in this as well. Yeah, I would never, like, think to put them together. No. Uh, interesting. I kind of would. Because yeah? she, she's, like, strong and sensual and kind of powerful. And I feel like they might have an so interesting she, dynamic. she's miscast as well. Like, mm. she is not an Audrey Hepburn no. type. No. Like, nobody wants to see her being, like, a doe-eyed Audrey Hepburn. Right. Like, it's just not... Yeah, so the casting is the biggest problem in this, and also just the tone mm-hmm. uh, as well. So, yeah, I mean, is this the worst film in the world? No. It's just more forgettable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he was trying to do something a little bit different, and... It didn't. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. It, it, it swing didn't work. and a miss. But it's a swing and a miss. But whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, moving on. 
Yeah, he can um, he can swing and miss because mm-hmm. he's had a bunch of other hits and exactly. he's making that bank. Yeah. Uh, I guess the only thing I can say is I'll promise to keep rocking and rolling and making better films. Yeah. You know, I think you make these movies and sometimes you know, they're considered filthy or something by some people. But I don't think that's true. These movies we make, they can be better. They can help. They really can. I mean that. We can always do better. And so on that topic, um, our next category is the paycheck. This category is a big moneymaker that we feel like we may, he, maybe he just did this for the paycheck. So I don't know, you know, maybe it's just purely speculative, but I do think it's perhaps likely that the film that he chose to do just for the paycheck was Transformers. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So Transformers, famous robots in disguise, uh, was <laughs> rebooted in Wait, famous robots in disguise. Robots in disguise. Oh, that's a, that, that's Transformers. A, yeah, that's it, but it's just his tone, anyway. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. I okay. <laughs> was rebooted in 2007 with Shia LaBeouf and Megan Fox and was a huge, 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 huge runaway success. Mm-hmm. And Shia stayed on for two sequels, but then he quit the franchise before 2014's Transformers Age of Extinction. Oh, sorry. I didn't... There was that many of them? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. My goodness. There have okay. been five so far. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Okay, go on. Girl, you didn't have to watch it. I know. It's nearly three hours long. This is where Mark Wahlberg comes in, collecting a handsome $17 million paycheck. Hmm, Thus wow. far, his highest so far. Yeah. Um, now, that movie grosses over a billion dollars at the worldwide box office. Exactly. Uh, which allows him to negotiate a back-end deal for his second film ah. in the franchise. Right? So, in 2017's Transformers, The Last Night, he earned an additional $40 million in back-end bonuses on top of the $17 million that they paid him up front. Okay, wow. yeah. Like, I would do a shit movie like that, too. Yes, honey. <laughs> you're going to pay me $57 million to be in a... I will be in whatever Transformer movie you need me to do. I will... <laughs> Lord. Yeah. Okay, is the movie good? The movie is an absolute abomination. <laughs> really? And it Sinclair. was that successful? <laughs> it was... It was like two hours and 50 minutes long. That's ridiculous. Oh, no. It is. And at least an 90 minutes of that is just an, a never-ending battle sequence between all these freaking goddamn robots. Some of them are Autobots. Some of them are human-made Autobots. So there's a giant spaceship alien thing with a magnet. I don't know what the fuck is happening. Okay, no We've got Autobots. Stanley Tucci and Mark Wahlberg yeah. saving the day. It's extraordinary. So there's like dinosaur robots. They're kind of cool looking. I will admit <laughs> that. It's, it's like completely mind-numbing i always said that ballistic x versus sever was the worst action film i'd ever seen it's like watching someone else play a video game Mm. whereas but i think this might be like Mm. i and i was a fan like i watched those first transformers movies and i loved them yeah a lot of that was shia labeouf just has a ton of chemistry yeah mark Wahlberg is not is really underutilized he is on paper the right person for this role right he's He's like in Texas, you know, that. But he's also a brilliant inventor. (laughs) (laughs) And that just doesn't track. You know, he is a caring father. That does track. Mm. Right. Right. Mm. You believe that. You believe his relationship with Nicola Peltz, who plays his daughter in this. And Mm. she's actually not bad. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the movie just falls apart. But (laughs) ka-ching, honey. Yeah, seriously. Wow. That made him the highest paid actor in hollywood that year right and mark Wahlberg is worth an estimated 350 million dollars my goodness yeah yeah not bad for a one-hit wonder white rapper underwear model yeah you know moving on (laughs) (laughs) taking them good vibrations right to the renaissance man renaissance man indeed check this out Okay, well, I had to watch a movie that shows Mark in a, in a new light. Mm. And I chose to watch a film that I have been wanting to see for 20 years. 
I, well, and I'll explain why. I watched Rockstar from mm-hmm. 2001, mm-hmm. starring okay. Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. <laughs> so when this movie came out is when I was obsessed, peak obsession with Jennifer Aniston. The following year, she won her Emmy for Friends. And when that happened, I printed out a photo of her winning her Emmy and I taped it to my agenda. <laughs> like, that's how obsessed I was with her. And we I was, can tell because of your very precise articulation <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah, I know. I, uh, yeah, I, I was so happy and proud of her. I had to put it on my agenda Aww, in like grade six. Oh, that's really sweet. Anyways, so when I saw the trailer for this movie, I'm like, Jen, Rachel, I have to, I have to see this movie. But I never saw it. I was too young. <laughs> to see it when it came out and then it just sort of disappeared because it's a pretty mediocre film so i finally i finally got to watch it to truthfully the reason i agreed to do this in focus was so that i could watch rockstar right it's <laughs> <laughs> really the only reason i wanted to do it so yes this movie came out in 2001 starring mark Wahlberg and jennifer aniston directed by stephen herrick here is the description courtesy of imdb lead singer of a tribute band becomes lead singer of the real band he idolizes Pretty straightforward. Pretty lackluster (laughs) description on IMDb. Um, So yeah, he plays this prospective rock star who is the lead singer for the tribute band for Steel Dragon, this fictional Mm -hmm. metal band. They end up firing their lead singer and he gets hired as the new lead singer for the the actual band and uh, gets romanced by the rock star lifestyle, sort of Mm -hmm. leaves everything behind and then decides no he needs to go back to his roots is this a comedy no uh no and it should be like when it started i was like is this a parody film Uh like Mm -hmm. it almost felt like the the walk the line parody movie walk hard walk hard yeah Yeah. like that it had that sort of energy to it but i was like no this is serious and that's probably the oh weird yes but mm-hmm. it's about like metal, hair, like yeah, hairband, yeah, mm-hmm. and it feels so farcical. Like it is, it is funny, but it's not meaning to be funny, right? And then it does get a little bit more. It like settles into its tone towards the end of the film. But in the beginning, you're just kind of like, "What is this?" Yeah, yes. I mean, listen, I always love watching Jennifer Aniston, and she's so great to watch in this movie. Like you were saying, Sinclair, like her hair and her wardrobe is great. Oh, she's just breathtakingly beautiful. Yeah, she really is. Yeah. She's stunning in this movie. And she it, she is she can do basically nothing and still be yep. fun to watch. Yeah, totally. yeah. Okay, but you know, I mean, we, we know you love Jennifer Aniston, yes. but what about Mark, Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. In Did you see him in a new light? Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, yes, he was a musical performer in his past, but this is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that he emulates this metal lead singer is he does a good job oh yeah i think he's believable in this role i yes he is and and that sort of boyish like enthusiasm Mm -hmm. comes through Mm -hmm. and it isn't him singing but i wasn't actually sure of that until i looked it up afterwards like he does a believable job lip syncing what he's supposed to be singing to yeah and he has long hair in it and from what i could find on the internet he did grow his hair like i think that was his real hair i don't think that was a wig and he did a lot of research with metal groups like he was he uh prepped for this role while he was filming the perfect storm wow yeah yeah. it's definitely an entertaining movie I watched this movie so many times. Yeah. Really? In the 2000s. I watched it it. so many times because I loved the metal of it all. Yeah. Yeah, And that that is interesting. Yeah. It was. And honestly, there's a. There's a great part in this movie where he is trying to pose and be serious, yeah. but he's so overwhelmed by the fact that he gets to be the lead singer of this band that he just keeps smiling. Yeah, he can't it's such smiling. a great Mark Wahlberg moment. It is. It is. That mo- that moment's really sweet because yeah. it's like, try to look tough. And he's like, I j- he just can't stop smiling. It's really cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but this movie was a flop. It only grossed $19 million on a $57 million budget. 19? Yeah. With both of them in it. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. It is entertaining. Yeah. And it takes you back to a, a moment, of an interesting moment in time, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I had to find a Mark Wahlberg hidden gem film. And I ended up watching Four Brothers right. from 2005, directed by John Singleton. This is a very appropriate Mark Wahlberg role mm-hmm. and film. This mm-hmm. just fits. The puzzle pieces just go together. Yeah. This is about uh, four men who were each adopted by the same woman named Evelyn. 
she ends up being killed in what appears to be a store robbery then they find out that that's not exactly the case Hmm. and these brothers avenge her death Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the brothers are played by mark Wahlberg, tyrese gibson andre 3000 and the new love of my life garrett headland yeah he's definitely your type as the sensitive punk rock (laughs) brother i i Okay, I'll get to Mark Wahlberg in a second, but I fell in love while watching this movie. Garrett Hedlund, if I had known (laughs) that he was this sexy rocker, I would have watched this way sooner. Right, I I honestly had no idea, and I've never thought of Garrett Hedlund in that way, and then Mm. I saw this, and I was like, well, that's it. I'm in love. (laughs) So back to Mark Wahlberg. Yes, this is a perfect example of the Mark Wahlberg film archetype. It's this guy with a shady past who finds family. He also still has a criminal side to him, but he would do anything for the people that he loves Mm -hmm. and the important people in his life. This movie ended up being a lot better than I thought it would be. Hmm. Mark Wahlberg is really good in this. Mm -hmm. Andre 3000, also really great in this. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Another cool thing is this film is set in Detroit. There's so much Motown in this film. The soundtrack is amazing. And a lot of this movie is actually shot in Hamilton, Ontario. So this is another shout out to an Ontario town. Yeah. Nice. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Industrial, the hammer. Their house is actually um, a house, a rundown house that was um, in Hamilton. So I thought thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. This was pretty good. I I enjoyed this watch. I thought it was a a little gem, definitely. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay, Edison, I we can we finally talk about this? We can. <laughs> can we just finally talk about this? All right, so Marky Mark's pop culture moment. Yes. Okay, so obviously this is the Calvin Klein underwear ads, <laughs> right? This is 1992, black and white, shot by Herb Ritz, shirtless, that bratty thug expression on his face, big bulge. <laughs> I mean, what? Where's the lie? <laughs> and yeah, he's really hot. This this is the thing. This made him a huge star. Like, Good Vibration was a huge hit song, but it was those CK ads. Yeah. Calvin Klein, those oh, underwear he's ads. so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you're looking Smile. at pictures. Yeah. Do you remember seeing these? No. Really? I was two. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> I remember these. Yes. Well, really, like Calvin Klein was a major part of 90s pop Mm -hmm. culture oh yeah and those the calvin klein underwear ads those campaigns were a huge part of all of it really Mm. and there was like this was really big for mark Wahlberg. it was the calvin klein ads and the got milk ads and the got milk ads oh my god totally totally (laughs) that was it right and you know he did he did some of these ads with Kate Moss, who was um, mm. one of the CK models at that time on contract as well. But she was really young. She was only like 17 or 18. And she actually had a really terrible time on the shoot. Really? Mm. Why? Yeah. She said, I had a nervous breakdown. It didn't feel like me at all. I felt really bad about straddling this buff guy. I didn't like it. And she also said that Mark Wahlberg was, quote, such a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if this was this was his this dickhead time. time, this is was that that was the time, and he he owned up to it. Like he said, you know, I think I was probably a little rough around the edges, kind of mm. doing my thing. I wasn't very worldly, let's just say that. Mm. But I've seen her and said hello. I think we saw each other. You know, we said hi, whatever. Mm. Um, even Calvin Klein himself said, "Oh my God, Mark and Kate couldn't stand each other." Oh, oh wow, that's very well, interesting. But well, yeah, considering... that tension worked yeah. because the ads are like fire. So good. Yeah. So true. So this is remains like Mark Wahlberg's Calvin Klein white boxer brief ads remains an absolutely significant moment in 90s pop culture. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So as fans of Marky Mark's funky bunches, (laughs) 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 what's the fan favorite film on his Uh, filmography, Miss Sinclair? Okay, so the fan favorite pick was uh, chosen by big Mark Wahlberg fan, Amalan, who's mm-hmm. a friend of ours and a friend of the podcast. His favorite Mark Wahlberg movie that he wanted us to watch is Pain and Gain mm-hmm. uh, from 2013, directed by Michael Bay. 
This is the story of a trio of bodybuilders who get caught up in an extortion ring in Florida, all in pursuit of the quote-unquote American dream. This stars Mark Wahlberg, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Anthony Mackie, and Tony Shalhoub. Nice. I also just love the addition of Tony Shalhoub in that lineup. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he is perfect in that role, I will say. Yeah. So my first reaction to this film was, oh, okay, Michael Bay. Mm -hmm. Michael Bay. But he has had some good films. Yes. And one thing that I really appreciated about Pain and Gain was that it was surprisingly funny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I don't really associate Michael Bay films to be funny. I don't. He doesn't fancy me a king of comedy. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing I really appreciated about this movie was it was surprisingly cynical. Yeah. About the American dream, which also Michael Bay doesn't Mm -hmm. come across as someone that necessarily exposes the ridiculousness of the idea of the American dream. No. Hello, Armageddon, Pearl Harbor. promotes it normally. Right. Yeah, this almost felt like an Adam McKay movie. This was laced with cynicism, honestly. It, it, It really was. And I was not expecting that at all. I also felt like it was self aware in in the sense that it was leaning into the Michael Bayness of it all. Mm. True. Which yeah. I also didn't expect mm-hmm. either. Like mm-hmm. I don't picture Michael Bay to be a self-aware yeah. director in any way. There is like a feeling of satire that's running through yeah, there this is. film. Yeah. And that I really I really connected mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I started watching this. I looked at the poster for it and I was like, I don't want to watch a movie with The Rock and Mark Wahlberg. Like, that's not me. And that's not who I am. Well, but that's just not my type of film. Everyone knows this. However, it started and I was like, fuck, I hate this. And then as it went on, I was like, wait a second. I've seen this movie. And I actually think I saw this in theaters. Wow. Um, Yeah. With my ex, because he really liked Mark Wahlberg. This movie's actually, like, pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I actually quite liked it. Yeah. It's very funny. It's surprisingly really funny. And it's based on a true story, Mm. which is wild. Yeah. Like, the story of what actually happened, what these three bodybuilders did, is alarming. And it makes for a quite a funny movie. Like, I feel like the way that they portrayed the story was the right way to portray it. Like, mm-hmm. it was the accurate way to tell this story. Yeah. So, like, I watched Transformers Age of Extinction instead of this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, well, you were welcome to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And once again, it's Mark Wahlberg playing a character, criminal past, trying to better himself, mm-hmm. bit of a hustler. Mm-hmm. And but he's making fun of himself too. But it's so absurd and yeah. over the top that it is. It's, yeah. It it is making fun of that. And yeah. my favorite line in this film, <laughs> that fully just captures the satire and the commentary that's running mm-hmm. through this, is by uh, Ken John, who is playing this like ridiculous self help guru. He's so mm-hmm. good. And his line is: There are two types of people in this world. There's doers and there's don'ters. Don't be a donter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you know this is a this is a fun watch. Also, the the Rock too mm-hmm. as this very religious mm-hmm. man who sober yeah. who taking part in this extortion. Such a yeah. con- contradiction. Very hypocritical, but also very funny at the same time. Yeah. So how was yeah. their dynamic with one another? Really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I would imagine. They're very that. funny together. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I didn't think this was going to be good. I was acting yeah. like a donter when I should have been acting like a doer. Yeah. There you go, Sinclair. Right. So, pain and game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. All right, Helen, what's up and coming? Okay. Mark has a lot of stuff up and coming. He produces a lot of things. Uh, he's attached to a lot of projects, but I have to say a lot of the projects he's attached to have been on his IMDb for years. And have mm. not come to fruition. Mm. Um, one of them being the $6 billion man, which is based off of the 70s TV show. Uh, that's been in pre-production for four years, I believe. Oh, wow. The, but there is a film that I actually saw a trailer for when I saw Dune, which is Uncharted. Oh, yeah, yes. That's going to be a big With one. Tom Holland. Y- yes. With Tom Holland, yeah. And it's actually based off of a video game franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tom, initially, Mark was actually attached to play the lead character. Um, and then they decided to cast Tom Holland and, and make it a prequel. Mm. So to tell the story of how the lead character in this video game came to meet uh, Mark Wahlberg's character, Sully, 
and uh, yeah, tell the story of before the video game starts. Mm. I have zero interest in seeing this, but I, I think it will be <laughs> exciting for other people. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I will be excited to see this. Yeah. Okay, so we're heading towards the end of this in focus. So we have such a vast filmography to choose from. There has to be one that we love mm. the most mm. out of all Mark Wahlberg's films. So we each have to pick a Desert Island film. What film on his filmography would you bring with you? To a desert island, it's your only source of entertainment. Okay. So, okay. I will <laughs> say, the thing is, for this episode of the podcast, as I said kind of at the beginning, we didn't really focus on a lot of his, like, good films, I would say. You know? <laughs> there like were I, some, There, there were some in there. there, sure. But, like, I would definitely have The Departed on a desert right. island. Or yeah. even I Heart Huckabees. Yeah. Or The Perfect Storm. Or Deepwater Horizon, which we yeah. saw, Helen. Yeah. That was actually really good and, like, way mm-hmm. better than it had any right to be. Yeah. Um, if it were stuck with... Ju- if I just had to pick one, I would probably pick The Departed. Mm-hmm. That's also my pick, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That movie... That's one of those movies that you can watch over and over again. Because there's so much mm-hmm. happening. There's so much happening. It's so well crafted. Like, I'd be willing to bring that to a deserted island and yeah. have it be the only movie I watch forever. Yeah. Also, okay his that. Oscar nominated. That's right. That's true. That's, right. that's, that's mm-hmm. yeah. That was good, his Oscar nomination. Mention. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Sinclair? I'm going to bring the other guys. Okay. Because it is really, really funny. Okay. Mm-hmm. It is such a little gem of a movie. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Mark Wahlberg's wonderful in it. And it you can just put it on and laugh and, and feel great. I really, really like the other guys. Nice. Okay. Nice. Okay. But now... <laughs> One we want to get rid of off the filmography. So this is the walk of shame choice. Mm-hmm. So pick one that you want to just send down that walk mm-hmm. of shame. I will. Okay. So for me, this is going to be Daddy's Home 2. Mm. <laughs> so I saw this. Really? At a movie theater. Wait, why? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I was so hungover. Biggie Dodd was here visiting Toronto a couple of years ago. And... We went to the theaters. It was obviously her pick. And it was obviously impossibly bad. Mm -hmm. But the sad thing was that I actually laughed at moments. And maybe that's why it's the walk of shame. Because it's like... You feel shameful? I feel shameful for... So you liked it. Secretly kind of enjoying (laughs) it. Right. Oh. Interesting. I mean, Alessandra Ambrosio was in it. I know. But this sounds like a you issue and not a Mark Wahlberg issue. Uh, No, the (laughs) movie was terrible. I think (laughs) it was really bad. But uh, yeah, I kind of still like it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, well then you can go down the walk of shame. Yeah. Yeah. Helen, what about you? Um, okay, so as I was going through his filmography, I realized like all the movies I would want to pick for this I haven't actually seen because I know I wouldn't like them. The movies that I like that he's done that I've seen, I would not put into this category. I'm picking both the Transformers movies. <laughs> I just know I would hate them. <laughs> I actually was going to, I thought maybe. I can, I can actually tell you, yes, you're correct. You <laughs> yeah. Are. I was thinking about, I thought maybe you would pick the one that you watched and so I could pick the one after that. Um, but since you didn't, I will have to, I, I will walk of shame them both. Okay. I, yeah. I, and for, I will. For length alone. I'll support you in Length that. alone. They're both over two and a half hours long. Oh, it's madness. Brutal. What about you, Sinclair? Okay. This might be controversial. Ooh. Don't um, do it. So sorry, world. Uh, but I'm going to go with Entourage. Oh, okay. What? Yeah, it's a controversial pick because, and I know this was, this is like created by Mark Wahlberg. It's based on a lot of his experiences in Hollywood. But for me personally, I only, I could barely get through the first season because it made me feel bad about Hollywood and about Mm. how women are treated in Hollywood. It is quite a misogynistic show. I, I just had such a hard time watching it and yeah you know it's it's not even necessarily the show's fault it's just what it was right whatever but it's still it was still hard for me to watch and I don't like to see that a lot of the times Mm -hmm. so I feel like Entourage just made that so pronounced for Mm -hmm. me and just kind of put it right in my face so yeah that's fair 
Okay. Fair. Yeah. I love Doctor Oz. I mean, I I liked it too, but I agree with everything it's you're saying. It's not to say that it's not a good show. No, That's totally. A thing. I, just... And I wouldn't have even been looking at it in that lens now. Yeah, I mean, to watch it's it now sure. would be totally hard different. as a woman to watch. Of course. Yeah, it is. It is. yeah of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's only one way to end this very bulgy in focus, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. And that is by playing a little game I invented called Do You Know Those Knickers? Yes. So because Mark Wahlberg became so famous for being in his underwear, Mm. I thought that we needed an underwear-focused game. Love that. So what I'm going to do... Okay. (laughs) No, no, not necessarily. No, No, this isn't just models in their underwear, okay? Okay. What I'm going to do... Is I'm going to describe a scene in a movie where a character oh. is in their knickers. Oh. And you have to tell me who the actor is that's wearing the knickers and what movie they're in. Okay, okay I, like I this. love it. Okay. So I am just going to read the question and whoever answers it first gets it. Whoa. Okay. Please, as a rule, let me complete the okay. question. If you okay. answer before the question is completed, <laughs> yes. you will lose the point. And this is for Helen, everybody. she's giving us her I strict like, I enjoy voice. rules. Yes, that's because fine. this is for anybody that's listening. They would like to oh, maybe guess nice. as well. And yeah. they should probably hear the whole question. That's, okay. That's so, fun. all right. Here we go. Do you know those knickers? <clears throat> okay. In this scene, the wife of an affluent doctor describes in detail a fantasy she had where she cheats on her husband with a naval officer. This leads her husband down a dangerous road filled with sex cults and sketchy characters, and she manages to do this all while in her knickers. Do you know those knickers? Nicole, Nicole come come and chat. Chat. We both got it. I'm going to give each of you a point. Thank you. <laughs> Getting tense. My heart's racing. Okay. Okay. Do you know those knickers? In this scene, the house is empty. The rock music is blaring. The sunglasses are on, and he's ready to make that money. Do you know these knickers? Tom Cruise. Damn it. Okay, she actually got the whole thing out. I know. (laughs) Helen gets a point. I stuttered on risky business. (laughs) Helen. Wait, I get a half point. Tom Cruise. I said Tom Cruise. No, I know, but I I can't do math. I can't do math. I can't keep track of half. half Oh, my God. Okay, fine. (laughs) Okay. Do you know those knickers? (laughs) In this scene, this California girl jumps out of bed, takes her retainer out, shakes her superhero knickers in the mirror, and collects a package from the UPS man. Do you know those knickers? Cameron Cameron Diaz, Charlie's Angels. Angels. That's a tie. Wow. <laughs> okay, so so far, this is the best anyone has ever done in any of these games. A- any and game it's, we've it's ever done. clearly about underwear. So. Okay. Uh, what is the score? I ha- I'm winning. <laughs> I know, but I need enough. Three okay. to two. Three to it's two. It's three to two. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Do you know those things? In this scene, a young music-loving virgin wants to lose her virginity to her favorite pop star because he's just so sexy. But sadly, he prefers her co-worker instead. Do you know those knickers? Okay, apparently we don't know those knickers. Can you repeat it? Or do you have I will repeat the question. Okay. In this scene, a young music-loving virgin wants to lose her virginity to her favorite pop star because he's just so sexy. But sadly, he prefers her co-worker instead. Do you know those knickers? Drew Barrymore... Never been kissed? No. Shit. Liv Tyler... Uh, Liv Tyler? Uh... Uh, I know, I know. Liv Tyler in... Um, no! I know it. Empire Records. Shit! Okay, I'm... I feel like that's a null. I feel like it's a null, because I'm gonna... I'm... Because I feel like one answer led to the other. True. So... Uh, you can give him a half point if you want. 
No half points. Okay. What is the score right now? 3-2 for Helen. Yeah. Helen wins. No, I have oh, another one. Oh, okay. If you tie, then I'll have another question. Okay. Okay. That I'll have to come up with on the spot. It's a good game. Okay. Here we go. Do you know these? <laughs> do you know those Snickers? <clears throat> In this scene, this winged character loses his robe and frantically makes his way through Times Square wearing only his middle-aged, not-so-tidy whiteies. Do you know those knickers? Michael Keaton, uh, Birdman. Yes, correct. You got it. Helen knows those knickers. Helen knickers. knows wow. those knickers. I, I predicted I would not win this. My goodness. That was great, Sinclair. That, that was, was a really fun. good game. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, this has been another episode of Talk Movie to Me. If you would like to get in touch with us, our email is talkmovietome at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at talkmovietome. Tweet at us at TMTM Podcast. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, check out our website, talkmovietomepodcast.com. And if you are not a Patreon member yet, you can become one if you like. Patreon.com slash talkmovietome. I'm Helen. I'm Miss Sinclair. And I'm Madison. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>